I'm starting a new series today on the parables in the Bible. I thought I would give it a catchy phrase, so I thought I'd call it, it's like this series. That's because the parables in Scripture are really Jesus' way of telling a story from which you can learn lots of lessons over a long period of time. And so I've opted for the next four, three to four weeks to do the parables. I felt led to do that. Father's Day is in the middle of that and there are lots of parables about fathers and sons. So I'm looking forward to that also. And I will be doing a different parable in the morning and a different parable at night. And I'm really looking uh, forward uh, to, to doing that. Um, I, today's particular parable is the parable about two sons. The problem is there are a couple of parables in the Bible about two sons. So it's not the one with the prodigal son. It's not that one. So I'm telling you, talk to you about the parable of two different sons in Scripture. In order to set the scene for that conversation, I just need to bring up something traumatic that parents will relate to. So I'm sorry to do that. I know you came to church to forget the trauma of the parent, the parenting side of trauma. Oh, I forget that Lynette is a, is a, is a parenting expert and is, is, is here in the service. I'm really putting my foot in it. You may fire me yet, the fun vakes after all these years. Um, but parents tell me, and I, I, I've witnessed it, but, but only from a distance, I get to go home. Uh, but parents tell me that, that children, when they don't want to sleep, are very creative in delay tactics. Have any of you watched that lady on TikTok or YouTube? Everybody's so creative. If you haven't, you really should. It's just, it's funny. She teases people and their creative cooking recipes that are really awful. But children will get unbelievably creative when they want to avoid going to bed. They hate drinking water. But when it's time to go to bed, they are camels. Desperately in need of this life-saving liquid, I'm thirsty, Dad. And then, and then when they're in bed, then they're going to come back to the room that was perfectly fine for their whole lives is not fine tonight. There's too much light coming through. There's monsters under the bed. There is, it's too loud. They're hungry. They're hungry. They were not hungry half an hour ago. They are hungry now all in order to avoid the inevitable. You must go to bed now. Uh, if you're there in company, it's even worse. They have FOMO. They will be... So, so this is the result of that. Sitting at the dinner table with you, refusing to go to bed, pretending to eat while falling asleep at the same time. Have you seen that? And then awake and then one more chip and then just desperately holding on to the avoidance of going to bed. Well, today I want to talk to you about how Jesus addresses your delay tactics and how that sometimes, though we are children of God, we can sometimes be childish. Oh, it changed the tone of the room just like that. Okay, I'm done now. Everybody have a great day. <laughs> no, no, no. Matthew 21. Let's go to Matthew 21. The parable is there. Matthew 21. Uh, uh, from the Amplified. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will, he answered. But later, as time passed, that's important. I did make a note. Uh, as time passed, he changed his mind and went. 
Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He said, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you didn't repent and believe. It's a remarkably powerful proverb for a few reasons or conversations for a few reasons. It's got in it the idea that there will be people in heaven you didn't expect. And I think we should always remember that. Uh, As time passes, I'm going to refer to that idea. As time passes, the saints get um, judgmental. And as time passes, we get uh, cleaned up and we get uh, uh, full of the Spirit and we get full of compassion, but we forget the road we came from. And when we see somebody else start their journey, we might think they've got a long way to go. And Jesus is just reminding us, be careful. Sometimes those who came from the furthest come fastest. Amen? And there's a reminder about that. And then this is the very parable in the Bible that produced the very popular saying Uh, uh, actions speak louder than? Yeah, that's the one. It's from the Bible. Oh, you didn't know that. I'm so tired of other people stealing our stuff and then telling us we're irrelevant. You're using our stuff. And this is the parable that reminds us that uh, actions speak louder than words. I guess it addresses the idea that there may be too many words and not enough actions in the world. It addresses the idea that just because you made one decision doesn't mean you have to stay stuck in that decision. You can change your mind and you can start out badly but end really well. You might respond poorly at the beginning, but then when you change your mind, God blesses and honours you anyway. Amen? But the particular part I I really want to talk to you about today is the idea of what happens to us and how when we follow Jesus, it changes what happens to us through the test of time, through the test of time. Do you know, one of the things about time is that uh, we're all fighting it in some kind of way, you know. Uh, Perhaps you know what I mean when I tell you there's that room in your house that you've said to yourself, I'll get to it sometime. How many of you know, know, know what I mean? Or it's the backyard, there's a corner, there's a, okay, it's the whole backyard, okay. It's the front yard and the backyard. You've said to yourself, oh, it's a mess. I'm going to get to it sometime. And then uh, there is uh, the ever popular, not today. Uh, another day, but not today. This is not a good day. This is a good day. Not today, Satan. Uh, we, we measure time in different ways. Emotionally, we say to ourselves, that conversation took so long, but it may have only been three minutes, but it felt long because the conversation dragged out. Have you ever had those kinds of conversations where it just feels like this is just taking forever? Or you're having the best time and you're hanging out with the new love of your life whom you preferably are married to. And you're, 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 you're having the coolest evening and you say, it went by so fast, but it was, it was five hours. 
uh, 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 do, do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and you've got enough energy. You can talk until two o'clock, and then, but but then, but then, when when uh, George preaches, like just ten minutes, please, just wrap it, wrap it up. Can you get there quicker? Uh, I made a crucial mistake on time the other day. I, I, I recently acquired a smart TV. I thought something should be smart in my house. And I acquired a smart TV and I thought, well, I better test it. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll watch a movie with lots of good graphics. So I went to Apple TV. The, the, this is, there's, there's method in what I'm sharing. And I bought a movie for 169 Rand. I decided to be a good Christian and not go to the sites I normally go to to watch the movies with the, with the Chinese subscript. So, so I, I, I'm going to be cancelled right now. And so I bought a movie. I thought, well, I need one with good graphics. I wasn't thinking. I should have done my homework. I bought Avatar. Now, let me explain to you why. That is a story that could be done in 40 minutes. It's four hours long. But now I paid for it. So I made myself stay up I literally at one stage was standing in front of the TV like this going, can we move this along? We get it. The dragon flies, then it swims, then it flies. Let's go. And then I switched to, you know, Disney Plus and there it was for free. I mean, that's a whole nother other. We'll deal with that on another. We'll deal with, <laughs> we'll deal with that on another day. But I do often wonder if perhaps this parable doesn't confront the idea that you bought a plan for your life and you've switched it on and for some reason you're now the victim of this long plan in your life rather than something God put in your life and that you are a participant of the journey rather than a spectator of the journey. Maybe you're paying for stuff you don't need because Jesus already got it for free and His adventure is far greater than the one you're trying to buy and test and how long is this show going to go on before you wrap it up and move into what God has planned for your life. Someday is not a biblical idea. When you study time in Scripture, you discover there is no point in Scripture that refers to a someday moment. Instead, as Christians, we don't embrace a mythical, hopeful, undefined future. We embrace a definite, certain, this is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day of salvation. In due season, we reap a reward. There is a definite timetable to the rhythm of following Jesus. Someday, another time, who knows when, are part of the language of the devil. Someday I'm gonna get involved in church. Someday I'm gonna come back to church. Someday I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. Those are all delay tactics, tricks of the enemy. I bumped into a friend in the mall the other day. There we both were awkwardly greeting one another. She said with her family, I hope you're keeping my seats. Someday I'm coming back to church. It's been five years. We've got other seats for you to put at the back. But people have been trapped by the someday notion. Someday I'm gonna get out of debt. Someday I'm gonna sort this thing out. Someday I'm gonna make right with the one I'm angry with. 
all delay tactics. You are like the child who won't go to sleep, sitting at the conversation, falling asleep instead of enjoying what God called you to. Sometimes our hearts are tempted by the enemy's strategy. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus makes this statement. When evening comes, you say, it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be a very cool morning in the bay, warming up to 23 degrees. No, sorry. So someday, <laughs> they don't know where I am. Today, it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. Watch this. Uh, you, you, you know to interpret the appearance of the sky, but cannot interpret the signs of the times. Now, can I just address the charismatics there for a moment? Germany, will you give me a minute? The, the signs of the times does not mean always the end times. The signs of the times means what God is doing in our time. That's, that's very important. Now, if you like to keep an eye on the weather, I recently have started doing that. I, I don't know why. I'm just part of aging. But I, I, I had a look at the weather. Today is going to be an amazing day in Mandela Bay. Started out at four degrees, felt like minus one. Warming up to 25, windless. Now here's where the consequences. If you're intending to barbecue braai, especially with a real fire, which is the only way apparently it should be done, you should do it today. Because for the next two weeks, they are predicting gale force winds from all sides and the possibility of that mystery of the Eastern Cape rain. which never seems to be able to find the catchment area. I mean, I, I looked the other day about how big the catchment area is. It's like 400 square kilometers. How is this rain missing it? But, but my point is this. That's what Jesus was trying to say. If you can see, you have your plans. I'd love to have a social and have a barbecue with some friends or a bra outside with some friends. Well, you've you got to read the times. It won't happen next week. Do it today. Spiritually speaking, when you feel a prompting to repent, do it in that day. Don't do it another day. The weather in your heart may change and the door might close and the opportunity might seem distant. But in the moment that it is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth, that is the moment of salvation. That is the moment to speak it and that is the moment to move. I think, there's a, I think there's a necessity for us to get our heads out of the things we can't control and get our hearts into the things we can. This is for my fellow charismatics. Acts 1 from the message. Before, is it up already? Okay, let me read it. Let me read it. Then I'm going to tell you a scary moment I had to chat GTP. You don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. You know, when somebody comes to him and says, George, the Lord has shown me when he's coming back. I tell them, go home. Do something else with time. Let me tell you why. The Bible literally says Jesus doesn't know. 
The prophets don't know. Only the father knows. And then this other guy in the Eastern Cape at Mandela Bay that the father accidentally told. Like, we have to, we have to get out of the things we don't know. The church is being deceived into being preoccupied with the things not intended for us to know. And then we are being delayed from the things we do know and are not implementing the things that are obvious and immediate and necessary. What we know is that we live in a broken world and that Jesus is the balm of Gilead, the healing agent that heals the world we live in. Can we focus, please? Can we focus, please? Shall I tell you about my AI experience just for years? I, I typed last night because I thought, well, I don't know, are they taking over? I don't know. I mean, I, maybe. And I typed there and I said, give me five of the best verses about time from the message translation. Gave me five but it was the paragraph at the end that frightened me because if you know me, I use this as a joke. The paragraph at the end, I'm not even joking, I'll screenshot it and, and put it on my social media platforms. Please note that the message is not a true translation of scripture. Uh, refer to actual translations for the texts of the Bible. I'm like, were you listening to me? Why are you adding that in? I didn't ask for your opinion about the message. What is going on here? Oh, if my kettle turns on this afternoon without me touching it, I am going full Pentecostal. I don't care what your opinion is about other tongues. There will be the speaking of other tongues in my house. I will rebuke, bind, anoint it with oil, and then bring it to the altar for salvation tonight. The, the, the point is, uh, we, we have to be wise not to be tricked. The Bible refers to foolish arguments of human philosophies. These are delay tactics. Jesus tells the story about two sons, the one who said all the right things but didn't do anything, and the other who, who had a bad attitude, but they got out of it, and they did what they, they knew they should. And I want to talk to you about knowing when the time has come to snap out of something and get up and start journeying along the road God has marked out for you. Amen? So I thought I would give you some biblical definitions of time. I've got four of them and I've got eight minutes to share them. I think I'm gonna achieve it. I think I'm gonna get it right, everybody. I've been getting better at being on time, guys. So if you could just mark me high for that. The Bible refers to a now time. A now time. This idea is to test your ability to overcome distraction and now time. Have you noticed that when you set your heart towards something, things distract you that were never a distraction before? You set your heart towards following Christ and in the moment that you begin to do that, a distraction arises, a conflict arises, a temptation arises. All of us need to overcome the spirit of distraction and recognize a now moment. Some of you, you're here today and at the end of the service or listening to this message online or listening to it later than live, which more than 5,000 people do that, by the way, um, you, you might say, do you know, I need to sort my life out with God. 
And when you make that decision, I want you to know that a distraction will enter into your equation. A distraction mentally, emotionally, a distraction practically, something's gonna happen to distract you and you have to push through the distraction to arrive at your destination, your now destination. You have to push through. Please drop the language of sometime and start asking yourself, what does God want from me now? Now. What's my now responsibility? Second Corinthians chapter six, also from the message which we have now pointed out is not a real translation. Right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today is the day of salvation. Romans chapter 13 verse eight. Oh, no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And do this knowing the time that now it is hard time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first uh, believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light, let us behave decently as in daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in, see those of the distraction, dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. There's a now moment. I think now is a crucial time in history and something must happen now. Have you ever been frustrated that when's it gonna happen? When? I've been praying, when? I just want you to know, God moves in those now moments. Now is a defining biblical moment. I must do something about it now. Don't be like that first son. Yes, sir. But in your mind, sometime. Can you say amen to that? And that's a tough thing to say amen to. We're almost there. We're almost there. Then you'll have great coffee, really great coffee. The sermon always goes down better with good coffee. Matthew 6 from the message, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. Give your entire attention to what God is doing now. The second definition of time biblically is a new moment. There is a now moment. What does God want from me now? Not some time. And then there is a new moment. Do you know, to be motivated to do something new, start something new, or redefine your life in a new way can be really difficult. But in order for you to experience a new season in your life, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to shove you forward, to shove you into a new season. I, you know, many years ago, <clears throat> I, I love pray. I still do. I love laying hands on people, praying for them after the service. We had a super charismatic moment in the 6 p.m. last week. It was so charismatic, it caught me off guard. And if you don't know what charismatic is like, it's, I don't know if we know, but a lady came forward over here for prayer and she said, please will you pray for me? And I said, absolutely. And I'm, Reach out, I ask permission now because I think that's the right thing to do. Would you mind if I put my hand on you? Yeah, no problem, she said. And as I prayed, she was on the floor. I'd forgotten what, like, uh, what was, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Did you faint? And God started to do a genuine work there, you know. I just stepped away from that. I was like, I didn't do, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. There's cameras in the building. I'm not, I didn't know. Let, let, let me tell you what I mean. 
God is allowed to do a new thing and you have to open your heart to a new thing. That's the test of repetition. The first is the test of distraction, now. The second is the test of repetition. Repetition, what about something new? He is doing a new thing. See now it springs up. He has put a new song in our hearts, a song of praise unto our God. He makes all things new. If you are a new creation in Christ, all things have passed away, all things have been made new. The very end of text He makes a new heaven and a new earth. Making things new is God's business. That means an old marriage can keep its same participants but be made new. When somebody says to me, this marriage isn't working, I think I should be married to someone else. They me tell you how you get a new marriage. Don't change who you're married to. Change how you run your marriage and He can make it new. God can change our hearts and make them new. He takes out a heart of stone and He puts a new heart in our chest. And God needs to make things new all the time. It's the cycle of spiritual life that things get repetitive and then Christ makes them new by His Spirit. It is time for a new thing. It is time for a new thing. 2018 is gone. 2019 through 2021, which was on repeat, is gone. We're in 2023 now. And and it is time, and now time, for a new thing. It's God's business. That's how it's done. Can you say amen to that? Even Jesus was pushed by somebody into a new thing. I haven't the time to read the whole scripture, but certainly you'll know in John chapter two, the wedding at Cana, when Jesus performed the miracle, many people want him to perform again, the water into wine. And in that moment, his mother comes to him and says, they've run out of wine. And Jesus says, woman, uh, which I I have repeatedly said to you, don't try uh, that with your mother. Uh, you better be the son of God if you're going to say that to your mother. It's the only way you survive that conversation. My time is not right. It's not the appropriate season. I'm not sure now is the moment for a new thing. But she, knowing that she had the capacity to influence and move his heart, says to the servants, he's gonna be like the son who said no, but does it. Do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. You know, Mary could move the hand of God in that conversation and you could move the heart of a friend and you could move the hand of God and you could be the hand of God in the earth if you would persevere through repetition and say, Lord, renew your works in my day. Do a new thing in our nation, in our church, in me. Make old things new again. The Bible talks about a nearly moment, not a sometimes moment, a nearly moment. A sometimes moment is unbiblical because it has no hope for an end date. But the Bible certainly tells us that God is close or at hand. The test here is the test of discouragement or delusion. The test of not waiting or persevering because things aren't yet as you would like them. 
but they will be. God's work is sure. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. It's a nearly moment. Do you know, you might be at the frustrated end of your timeline, but I want to encourage you today. He's, it's nearly there. <laughs> the, 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 the night is far spent. Dawn is upon us. Joy comes in the morning. In due season, God will deliver you. See, sometimes has no hope to it, but nearly does. Jesus is reminding us that in his equation, it's not far to go. I want to encourage you to think a little like the servant, the son rather, who when time passed, thought about it and realised, I can't just sit here, I've got to get up. And I really want to speak that into our house today. It's nearly there. Let me tell you, uh, it's 10.05. Mark, I'm going to be done by 10.10. Is that okay? The most, the very latest. Is that all right? Otherwise, they don't give me coffee afterwards. Um, I've been in ministry for a long time. A long time. 20 to 30 years. At the university, I was in ministry when I was a student doing BCom. And I saw the work of God happen. And we looked in an auditorium at that university seating, uh, 459, I think, seats in that auditorium. And God, I saw students coming until they were lined up outside and lined up at the back to the Senate chamber. And then we ran three services. And then we went to Stanley Street and another Germany uh, sold me uh, our church, their building in, in, um, in Richmond Hill, in Stanley Street. There was a, a, a Dutch Reformed Fellowship Hall. And I saw the hand of God there until we were running five services there in a 600-seater. And the neighbours got so fed up with us because <laughs> we parked there from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. Just one church service after another. Eventually, people just came to us and said, can you not tell them everything you want to say at the first service? Like, why are you here all day? <laughs> parking in our restaurant, parking bays and... You know, and those of you who've been around long will know that, you know, there were Facebook pages about us. Here they are again. He slams his door, me. He slams his door at five o'clock in the morning when I got out my car. And then there was another season. That moment came to an end. And then we got here and then it started again. And God did it, put his hand on something. And we went to eventually three services and we had seats up to the back wall. And I said to Ryan and Mike and Vince the other day, I said, we're going to put those things back up and we're going to terrace this thing because people need to see from the back because uh, in due season, it's nearly time for him to renew his works and rebuild his kingdom. It's nearly time to get your head into that and snap out. of it's, You can only sit on your spiritual couch so long and can only delay so long. Come on, Lord, do a new thing. And then I have to end with perhaps the most um, confronting biblical term. There is a never moment in the Bible. <laughs> never. Uh, I, we don't like the word never. Gosh, we don't like it. But if you're a true follower of Jesus, you have to accept never. Lord, I prayed for my friend to be healed from cancer. Will I ever know why? 
never on this side. There's just some things we're never gonna know. Jesus, when exactly are you coming back? Will I ever know? Never on this side. Lord, I've been, I've been wrestling for financial victory, trying. Everything turns to dust. Can you explain why? Probably never on this side. The person who tried so hard to have a child and was led instead to the beauty of adoption and might wrestle with the insecurity of adequacy. You may never know why. It is sufficient for me to know that He knows. And one day, in the eternal equation where time is no more, then I will know. But for now, I look dimly as in a mirror, bound by the inadequacies of time, to one day be with Him in eternity, loosed from the confines of then and now, long and short, immediate and eternal. Some things are not for me now. Own it, walk in it, accept it, because then God can lead you. Can you say amen to that? There is a now moment. And we need to accept that now moment. There is a nearly moment and we need to accept that. The danger of the never thing, if you want to finish your notes, you know, pastors imagine that people are writing notes. Nobody's writing notes. But we like to imagine it. It's the test of indecision. You see, I think I need to know more before I can decide. Some things you're never gonna know. You just have to decide. You have to decide to follow Jesus. I'm prompted and moved by the um, leading of the Spirit to shake us out of sometime. One day, I must really get to. This is practical in my life. Concluding story. I, I, I said to myself, I can't preach this message if I have a corner in my own yard that's messy. It must go. I got a guard to come and take it away. I looked in my cupboard. I look in my cupboard. Is there anything I can get rid of? Because I got these, you know, I got I got these protein tubs and pre-workout and fat burners and stuff that's going to make me look like a Greek. <laughs> and I've been saying to myself, someday. Someday, I'm going to, someday. They've been expired for nine years. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at me. I think they're working. I'm not going to have them. It's been nine years I've been saying someday. Someday you're going to pick up that Bible. Someday you're going to sign up at a team. Someday you're going to come back to your seat. No. It's not a biblical term. Now is the time. Today is the day. He is doing a new thing. I will step into it. The night is far spent. It is a due season. Can you say amen to that? Will you please stand with me as we pray? I want to remind you of the opportunity to have communion in the front after any service or before any service. A team will come forward to pray for you. They're certified 
tested and checked by us that they are stable citizens and they'll pray for you. Uh, and um, you can also discreetly write a prayer request or report a thanksgiving prayer on a card at the same table as the communion. So I'd invite you to consider making the most of your time. You're here already. You got dressed. You came out the house. Do everything. Have communion. Write a report. Drink a coffee. Sign up for Veritas. Lord, thank you for uh, today. Your word reminds us that we have only today, that worrying for tomorrow uh, bears no fruit. Please will you teach us to be in the moment and to acknowledge that and to be prompted by Scripture that we will not be tricked into delay tactics, defining our lives by the someday, soon, somewhere. Would you please move us into a rhythm, a pace defined by heaven, both personally and as a city, as a community, as a church, as a nation, as a world. We will not surrender to, to the rhythms of this world, but instead to the rhythms of grace. Help us recognise that words, that actions speak louder than words and that we can change our mind and that with the passing of time, we should be better for knowing you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God one last shout of praise and thanksgiving before you go. Thank you for spending the morning with us. God bless you, everybody.